Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nikrita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you like to contact us, please send a text to 04-888-808-11. The number is 04-888-808-11. We want to hear from you because uh, we like to have a, a bit of a chat today. And also we like to pray for uh, the people who are suffering, uh, particularly in in our area here in uh, Australia and all around the world. But before that, I would like to introduce our uh, co-host, Joseph uh, Maticic. Uh, Joseph is the General Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, South Australia. And it's good to have you with us, Joseph, again. Yeah, great to be here, Nick. Thank you. Uh, It's Monday again, Joseph, and um, usually, you know... uh, over weekend, you know, we have time to even probably watch a little bit more news. And um, right now, as we are uh, going on air, uh, Joseph, there are lots of people uh, suffering in uh, in Australia, particularly in um, New South Wales with the flooding mm-hmm. there. Yes. I heard about it uh, in some parts of that area. There was not something like that since 1961. Mm. Now, I know that you also come from that region. Yes, yes. I used to be up there on the mid-north coast of New South Wales in the Port Macquarie area, and that's that's certainly one of the areas that has been um, really affected by by the flooding uh, over the last few days. Nick, you're right. Um, but not just in that particular area, but um, a number of the towns um, along the Along the coast there in in, um, in New South Wales, and um, yeah, we've uh, we've seen pictures um, from um, friends of ours that have um, posted uh, online uh, um, of incredible, incredible um, flooding, water everywhere, uh, properties inundated, uh, even some shots of um, yeah, uh, homes lifted up off their foundation and just just washed away down the river, down the rivers that, that have been flooding and. Um, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, quite quite incredible, um, incredible amount of, of flooding, and um, the the um, from what I understand is uh, the the danger hasn't yet fully passed. Yes, uh, that's still, right. There's still apparently some some threats of um, uh, more 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 heavy rain and and, and flooding and uh, potential um, uh, difficulties for for people. So yeah, really, our thoughts and prayers are very much with. Um, perhaps we have people who are listening. Um, you know, can't really go anywhere, and perhaps um, surround by flood waters or um, and then others who are, might be even in more difficult situations have had to evacuate mm-hmm. yes and I'm going to um, mention the phone number again because mm. if you are listening out there and you are in need of something you if we can help in any way yeah. um, please send us a text send us a message uh, we are going to pray for these people uh, Joseph and in, in uh, Queensland you know it's also uh, quite uh, bad there too uh, but uh, generally in New South Wales it's um, it's a worry yeah. Uh, yeah. it's you know, uh, national uh, declared like national disaster, uh, and um, people are trying to do whatever they can. But you know, it's very hard to stand the, in front of uh, waters. You know, yes, fire yes. is very bad. Yes. But I heard the water is even worse than fire. 
Well, it, it can sometimes come really suddenly, mm. and uh, either suddenly or or you you just um, think that it's a bit different to a fire. You don't really perhaps maybe feel it in the same way mm. and um, could be a little bit more complacency. But, uh, yeah, you're right, Nick. Um, many areas, you're right, in, in, even in, into Queensland and, um, yeah, really be, being affected. And, um, yeah, so we... Yeah, and, and in these days, you know, we, you fight even against fire. You have all sorts of technology and you fight and, you know, try to <laughs> stop, you know, in a way or the other. But you can't stand uh, against the waters when when big... Deluge coming, you know, it's very hard. It is, it is, and uh, yeah, and so it, it's it's really been a quite a quite an incredible period of time, and so mm. um, yeah. Now you have some uh, friends there, yes. uh, and you know, family probably. Shall we just uh, pause for a moment and uh, um, just pray for those people there? Are you willing to pray, Joseph, for yeah, those that, people uh, in this situation? Yeah, that, I think that'd be really good to to do to do that right now, Nick. Mm. So yeah, let, let's do that. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, Lord, um, yeah, we we uh, think of people uh, right now who uh, who have been affected by these uh, devastating floods um, in a number of places around around our country. Um, uh, we think especially of towns and communities um, in New South Wales along the along the coast, and um, we we pray for those Lord who have um, experienced uh, loss of property and damage, um, people who have had to move away, uh, people who have had to evacuate. Uh, we think possibly, no doubt, there'd be loss of um, livestock and um, other other damage, and um, just the, uh, the the upheaval that that's caused for for so many people. And we pray for them right now, Lord. Uh, we pray that they will be safe. We pray that um, help will be able to be reached into those areas. Uh, above all, Lord, we pray um, that uh, each person will know that uh, you are you are with them. Uh, we claim your promise that uh, whether through the fires or the floods, uh, you are there uh, with us. And um, please uh, just be very close to each of the people that peoples that are affected at this point in time around a number of places of our country here in Australia. And um, if there's any way that uh, help can be uh, sent out to them, uh, perhaps, Lord, may we um, do what we can. Um, and so just be with these people right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joseph. And again, uh, please send us a, a text if you uh, are listening right now uh, to us and just share with us. Probably have even stories to tell uh, what's going on there. Mm. The number is zero four triple eight eight zero. Eight double one. Uh, Joseph, today we have a very interesting um, uh, topic, and for mm. the whole week, you know, we are yes. going to talk about biblical morality in the third millennium. And um, as the week goes on, we'll, uh, we'll tackle quite a few different uh, uh, topics there, uh, subjects in, re- in regard to this. But I like to bring um, um, our attention for a moment to some news coming out, you know, uh, uh, right now in uh, United States. Um, this was on uh, Wednesday, uh, the 17th of March. Uh, it says that thousands of faith-based organizations would be closed or punished by the government if Equality Act became law. Mm. Senators were told during the Judiciary uh, Committee hearing uh, on Wednesday, as I, I said, that uh, uh, this would be the case. And um, the bill uh, HR5, as it's called, will amend the Civil Rights Act, which uh, from 1964, um, a law that was passed to uh, confront racial 
discrimination by adding sexual orientation and gender identity to the list of um, protected classes for plug public places and accommodations, education, housing, and employment. President Biden um, supports supports it. Two panelists told senators the Equality Act would have a dear impact on religious liberty. Any organization or any school that held a biological view of sex as part of its religious belief would come into the um, crosshairs, as mm. it says here, of this new anti-discrimination law. The uh, journalist uh, Abigail uh, Shearer uh, said, and U.S. Senator Tom Cotton uh, argued that millions of Americans will be treated as second-class citizens and threatened with lawsuits simply for believing that men are men and women are women. Mm. You see, this is going very strongly, you know, into, into a wrong direction. And we are going uh, uh, this week to talk uh, about biblical morality mm. in this millennium. And now also uh, Senator uh, Tom Cotton uh, asked uh, Shearer and um, Mary Rice Hudson of the Ethics and Public Policy Center if they believe the Equality Act, it becomes law. Uh, would, would shatter and punish thousands of uh, charities, clinics, communities, services, and schools across the country. And they said, definitely says, Shearer said, yes. Um, Hudson said, absolutely. Uh, adding that any religious house of worship, faith-based charity that abides by restriction based on biological sex would be impacted. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, Joseph, what do you think? I mean, this is not uh, new, you know, I mean, for the last period of time, we're hearing quite a lot about uh, this and uh, laws being passed here in our country, in uh, in Victoria. Uh, you're not uh, allowed now to talk about this thing or pray mm. with somebody who, not sure, you know, uh, what sort of gender mm. they are. What, what do you think about this? Uh, how do you see these things in, in the days we live in? Yeah, like you said, it's it's not just there in the United States, Nick. Um, there has been that uh, the, the law passed in Victoria that you just referred to, um, conversion therapy laws, um, essentially, um, yeah, making it illegal to to to, to try to pray and and, and change someone's uh, gender orientation. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Nick, in um, in the, the South Australian government. Um, just in the last little while, has uh, was considering an what's called an equal opportunity amendment bill. Mm-hmm. Um, now you, you're referring there to an equal opportunity uh, bill as well. Uh, but yeah, here in Australia, and the, the, for example, the South Australian government, as I was saying, uh, was looking at um, the equal opportunity amendment bill, which would um, uh, particularly be focusing on. Um, Religious organisations, for example, Christian schools, uh, not being able to, um, uh, yeah, choose who who they employ as staff. They they wouldn't be able to be selective or discriminate against uh, uh, or to terminate someone's employment on the basis of uh, perhaps their, uh, their their sexuality. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's um, yeah, it, it's it's an it's. It's an example of the fact that um, in a society, our community, our, our world is is moving away from allowing 
what what we would consider as biblical values, uh, biblical teachings on relationships, on gender, on uh, uh, yeah, on, on, on in the area of morality, really, mm. um, where they're not wanting biblical values uh, to be to be um, imposed uh, on others and um, making it harder for for Christians. Uh, to stand up and to hold on to uh, onto biblical values within their within their Christian organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about uh, freedom, and it's, it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. You you talk about the freedom, and you have more laws to restrict certain things. You know, I mean, you you said okay, you give freedom to a category of people, but you uh, take freedom away from others. There is an element of, yeah, that's right. There's almost there's an element, in, interesting kind of irony because in a sense this uh, th- th- these laws uh, that are looking to prohibit um, uh, r- religious views being imposed or um, uh, res- restrictions on, on employment or whatever, um, so they're, they're wanting there to be no... Uh, in a sense, the, the government uh, proposed legislation is there so that there's no no restrictions. So th- th- there's tolerant, tolerance or acceptance of all, mm-hmm. acceptance of all, but not acceptance of the, 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 the biblical the biblical views, if you know what I mean. So yeah. exactly right, and that's what I'm um, you know concerned because when you talk about uh, um, freedom, mm. then you can't just. Uh, Put some uh, some of the things in in one place and others in another place. I mean, just talking recently, you know, um, even um, those killings, you know, in in the United States, uh, people against Asians, uh, people, it, it, all sorts of uh, uh, unrest mm. can raise, you know, these these things. Uh, yes. Let's let's come to our um, uh, topic a little bit. And Joseph, uh, we mentioned that we are going to look into biblical. Uh, morality mm. in the third millennium. Uh, what are the f- fundam- fundamental or f- uh, foundational uh, pillars of biblical uh, morality? Mm. You know, do we have some foundation there in the Bible which we can uh, uh, talk about and even refer to what we just said here in, in the news? So it's a very topical um, thing that uh, theme that we're looking at here: um, biblical biblical morality. Um, morality, the word morality, um, comes obviously from morals, mm-hmm. uh, and morals, the term moral refers to, uh, behavior or, or standards, uh, things that are right and wrong. Um, and we use it in, re- in reference to, um, physical or, or social, social behaviors. Yes. Uh, so when we talk about morality, we're, we're, we're looking at things that are defined as right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Now people might say, according to whom? Uh, we, we here on, on drive time uh, always point to the fact that we see that it's, it's the Bible that, um, uh, defines our, our, our behaviors, our actions and, and de- defines what is right and wrong. And so we're looking at biblical Morality, um, and uh, biblical morals are, and and we, we've we've seen an example there in what you're sharing in the proposed changes to law, not in the st- not, only, not only in the states but also here. Biblical morals these days are being disregarded; they're being, they're, they are being eroded away, mm. Nick. Um, and in a sense, that's not surprising because the Bible itself um, is having 
generally speaking, less and less impact uh, on society. um, uh, People are regarding the Bible with less and less interest and authority and respect. What what bothers me, Joseph, when we talk about these things, because particularly we mentioned America here, Mm. a country which was founded on biblical uh, morality. Yeah, a country country that, yeah, that's right, it was. uh, Quite very much... um, Overtly Christian, and yeah. not only uh, America. I mean, even Australia and many other, um, you know, civilizations. You know, yes, they yes. they will have uh, some, uh, uh, let's say, um, uh, foundation yes. from from Bible. Yes, yes. And as you just said here, why is this uh, shifting mm. away from the teachings of the Bible? Uh, why that happened and even uh, belie- uh, pretending or believing that we are still Christians? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I think that it's possibly a couple of things. One is um, generally when, when, when people move away from God, Nick, that, then they will move away from his word. Mm. Uh, that They will move away from his teachings, from his laws and from 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 his principles um and i also want to just throw in an ad here that um uh, the bible itself actually refers to the fact that this is going to actually be seen um as we approach uh, the end of time really yes and that uh, could be a bit of a hypocritical uh, attitude you know like to say in god we trust or all other things and then uh, uh, you know keeping away from uh, uh, fundamental Believes, yeah, yeah, in the Bible. Okay, that, let's right. uh, let's yep. move on into into our uh, yeah. um, study today. Yeah, thank you, Nick. And and look, you know, f- we're looking at um, this topic of, of biblical morality. Some 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 people, Nick, think that biblical morality nowadays is, is a bit out of date. Mm-hmm. That it that it's something that's old fashioned, or that it's restrictive. And uh, I know that coming up this week um, on Drive Time, we're going to look into that a little bit more. Uh, look at um, th- that very that very question. Um, so we're wrestling and we're addressing this topic um, from the point of view of looking at what is biblical morality, and I hope we'll also discover why is it why why is this important. And um, yeah, I want us to look at um, some. Foundations of biblical morality. First up here, um, there are a few important points regarding biblical morality that we that we need to consider. The first one is this: that God created us as holistic as holistic beings. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. What, let me just read um, two uh, key passages uh, of Scripture, Nick, on this. The first one I want to take us to is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And it says there this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, What we find here is it's referring to us as holistic beings, our our spirit, our soul, and our body. Um, it, it's referring to to, to us as uh, as a totality, um, and this is essentially a, uh, referring to the fact that um, 
it's a prayer here that, that, that this be kept uh, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, every aspect of our lives ma- matter to God. Um, the, the other key passage connected with this is the one in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 and, uh, and verses, uh, verses 19 and, and 20. And uh, if I could just read this out, uh, notice the Bible says here, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your, with your bodies. Mm. Notice the emphasis here on bodies. Uh, back in, in, in the previous passage, um, may God sanctify you, body, uh, soul and spirit. Here it says, honour God with, with, your, with your bodies. Uh, it reminds us of um, the the greatest commandment. The, when Jesus uh, said it, he said that, um, the greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and and the second one is like it to love your neighbour as yourself. But um, we find here uh, th- this this uh, first foundational point. Uh, when we're talking about biblical mor- morality, and that is that God has created us as holistic beings, mm. physical, mental, social, as well as our, the, the, the spiritual dimension. Uh, what that means, Nick, is that being a Christian is not just a matter of what we believe. Correct. But also how we live. Absolutely. Uh, according to the Bible, uh, following God is not just about uh, prayer and uh, worshipping, but it's also what we do with our bodies. God is interested in every area of our life mm. because he created us as holistic, holistic beings. So uh, what that means is there's, there's no, none of this thought that, well, you know, I can I can worship God and believe in Him and and whatever, but how I live, well, that's different story. That's different story. Not at all. No. Uh, there's no such distinction seen here. We are holistic, holistic beings. Mm. Uh, God created us as such, which means He created uh, created all those aspects. Which means we, we need to talk about uh, the, 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 those other elements, and that's why we that's why this topic is here before us. Um, but you can be limited only on the just talking about have those big debates. You know, uh, I comes in my mind uh, when Paul was visiting the uh, Greeks. You know, and they were so interested in knowing things and talking about things, but probably very little in doing mm. in doing things you know having that uh, you know um, uh, inquisitive mind and and then yeah, just just be more philosophical yes. rather than practical yeah. but i believe both of them they have a place absolutely for for both of them i mean we need to be uh, inquisitive you know yeah. to inquire yeah. god yeah. says uh, come and uh, reason yeah. Yeah. with me yeah Yep. But you cannot leave it there only. You yep. have to uh, go a step further. And as you just said, even as we just mentioned at the beginning of the program, you know, we're feeling with the people which are going through some hard times. That's right. Uh, yep. We are uh, a family. Yeah. We are a community. We are uh, led by the same God. Mm. 
who's our creator. And we cannot, uh, uh, you know, act differently and just uh, be different and say, okay, you believe in what you believe. I believe in what I believe. That's your problem. This is my problem. No, this brings consequences. Whatever we do, whatever yeah. how yeah. we act, even in these terms of uh, uh, putting up laws and things like that, this yeah. will this will uh, affect us. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And and yeah, what with uh, biblical morality, morality and behaviour, our actions do, do do affect other areas of our life, Nick. Um, that that is that is so true. So that's the first foundational point. God created us holistic beings. Um, the second foundational point, Nick, uh, and this comes from the passage we just looked at in First Corinthians six, and uh, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to read it again. Um, uh, the Bible here says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Mm. Uh, it's talking here about the fact that um, our bodies don't belong to ourselves. Uh, it says we, we were bought at a price. It, that, what, what's that referring to? What's this price? It's referring to uh, the price that Jesus paid uh, to redeem, to save humanity. Uh, the price was his own life, where he, he, he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. Um, it, 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 it clearly says, and, and elsewhere it says that we were not, not redeemed with uh, silver or gold, but with the precious blood of, of Christ. Um, and so it's saying here um, that... It, Christ has, has, um, has essentially paid a price for us um, to, when he redeemed us. And then the punchline, therefore honour God with your bodies. Um, Which means um, you, you're saying here, Joseph, that you can't do whatever you like with your body. Well, that yeah, because uh, what it means is that um, you can't do anything with you, because it belongs to him. Uh, he, uh, Jesus is not just our saviour, he's also our Lord, mm. our Lord, okay? Uh, because it says you are not your own, you were bought. So if we've been bought with a price, we, we belong to the one that's, that's paid the price. Here it's talking about the fact that we belong to Jesus. Uh, he is our, our owner, he, he, he is our Lord. Um, and um, from this, we get the, 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 the key foundational point is that Jesus is not just our Savior, he is Lord of our lives, He's right. Lord of our lives. He's 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 Lord of every aspect of our life. Um, uh, uh, as Christians, we we accept Jesus as our Savior, and most Christians would, would you know understand that one quite well. But you know what the real challenge is? It's making Him Lord of your life. He doesn't. He's not just your Savior. He's also your Lord, and that includes. Uh, every aspect of our lives. Here it's referring again to our bodies, our, our physical bodies. And that, that is where actions, behaviors, and morality comes from, Nick. Right. And as a good steward, you do what pleases your Lord. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, you see how this is foundational to biblical morality? B- b- biblical morality is, is this concept that um, God's our creator. As our creator, he, he, he made us and, and, and he knows what is best for us. And when he made us, he wanted the best for us. Mm-hmm. And the, what's best for us is outlined in the, if you like, the, the maker's handbook or the owner's manual or better known as 
the Bible, the God's word. Mm. So biblical morality is derived from uh, from from the Bible, uh, which teaches us not just who we're to believe in um, in Him as our Savior, but also how He wants us to live because He's created us, as we said, as holistic beings. Um, so then we go on to the third point, Nick, uh, regarding this this topic, and and it's this: God created us to enjoy love and to and to be able to share intimacy. Now I want to take us to um to Genesis. Uh, Genesis um, uh, Genesis chapter 1 and uh, in the beginning where where we read um, the creation account. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 1 uh, and it says here from verse 26 onwards, then God said, "Let us make mankind in our image." In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. I'll just stop there. Be fruitful, increase in number, or as as we know in some you know the older expression, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, well, what does that what what does that specifically refer to, Nick? Be being fruitful and multiply when when God is referring it to humans, male and female, being fruitful and multiplying. Let, let's procreation. Be, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Procreation. Um. It's it's referring to sexual relations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we as we read on in Scripture elsewhere, we will find that um, God didn't design um, sexual relations only for procreation. It's not just for procreation. Uh, we see that uh, God designs sexual intimacy uh, f- for pleasure uh, between a man and a woman. Uh, and that's spoken of in the Bible. Um, for example, the book Song of Solomon. Yes, uh, it shows us uh, that uh, within within the context, God uh, designed this for um, for this intimacy to be expressed between uh, be- between a man and woman. And and the book Song of Solomon has a uh, is a, is a, is quite an intimate love song, which which um, is recorded there. Some may. Sometimes we it might be questioned well, why do we even have this? It's it's there to to show that this that in its right place, uh, it, it it was meant it, it's meant to be. God God has uh, designed it that way. Yep. God created us uh, to enjoy love and intimacy. Um, and going on in in um in the account where God how God made us in the beginning, I come to Genesis chapter two. We have here the account. Um, the account or the description, if you like, of how God made the first woman and, and brought it to the man. Uh, verse 21, it says, God, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And then we have these words. Notice this. Man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Mm. Okay? We're following what's, what's going on here. A man leaves his father and mother, unites to his wife, and they become one flesh. What does it mean when it says they become one flesh? What's that referring to again? Well, it's referring to the uh, the, the real intimate union yes. uh, of, of sec- in, 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 in sexual relations. Um, and interestingly enough here, the next verse, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Mm-hmm. You see, um, uh, God created male and female, God created them to 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 be in a union together to to express love and intimacy in within that union. Mm-hmm. The point here we're looking at is is that that's how God made us. That was God's that that, that that's that that's God's intention. God created us to express love. Um, so it's actually something that God instituted: sexuality and love. Uh, sometimes some people might think that when we're talking about this kind of a topic, oh, that's uh, you know, sexuality, that's a bit of a dirty word, or that shouldn't necessarily be discussed by... Yeah, taboo. <laughs> yeah, taboo, you're right. Uh, almost like you know, that that's inappropriate. But that's not the case. The Bible speaks about it, Nick. Um, and as we will see, it goes on and explains even more um, that this sexual intimacy is to be expressed within a certain context and keep it pure there because that's the problem in the yeah. days we live in you know you talk about sexual um, relationships but but you know what uh, man and woman walking from one relationship to the other and there is no that uh, thing which God created to be one because as you come into that intimate relationship then you are not only physical but in whatever you are in your holistic, uh, as a holistic being, you are one. You, uh, when, when you, when you go and, uh, uh share that yes. with uh, another partner, then you breaking that, uh, blessing which God put in there. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, God said that, um, the two shall become one flesh. It, it means that there's a special bond. A really, real special bond that occurs when a man and a woman share that sexual intimacy. And, uh, that's why, uh, it, it cannot, uh, and God didn't intend for it to be, uh, then shared around in other ones because it, it's, it's, in a sense that, that, that's an intimacy that's been created and, um, a part of you is, le- you're leaving a part of yourself in, in each of the, the, those other ones. So, um, the, the, the next foundational point that I want to mention here, Nick, is, that the type of love that we're talking about here is not how society defines love. Um, you think of, um, you know, on you know, popular love songs, for example, Nick. Yes. Um, I mean, what kind of love are they describing there? It's it's usually what, um, yeah, you know, things like one night stands or yes. just, you know, just yeah. something like that. However, notice how the Bible defines this love. I want to take us to a very instructive passage, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, um, and I'm going to pick it up from verse 25. Here, mm-hmm. here it says this, Husbands, love your wives. Okay, notice this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. 
Whoa, how, how, in what way did Christ love the church? What kind of love did Christ show towards us? Sacrificial love. Oh, oh. Now, you don't hear too many um, popular radio love songs describing that kind of giving love, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually about what can I get from it? And Enjoy. Enjoy from right. the moment. Pleasure. Yeah. yeah. But the Bible says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And now, it, and the next words are critical here, Nick. And gave himself up for her. Mm. Um, you know, uh, th- th- there are, there are uh, particularly in the, in the Greek language, there are different words for love. And the New Testament was written in, in Greek. Yes. Um, the love that's talked about here, the word for love here, is not, not the word that refers to friendship or, or even uh, erotic kind of love. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's the Greek word agape, agapeo. That love is, is really a, a very self-sacrificing, giving kind of love. Yes. That is divine love. Mm. That's the one that, that, that's referred to in when, you, uh, w- when we think of the greatest verse in the Bible, best known passage, John 3.16. For God so loved. loved the world that he what gave his only son. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it says that Christ loved the church and gave himself. Gave himself. Um, that's a very deep self-giving type of love, Nick. That's much more than just sex. Uh, this agape love, this divine love, uh, it's described elsewhere. For example, in the in the um, uh, famous passage of First Corinthians chapter thirteen, uh, where uh, it, it it goes on and says, "Love is patient, love is kind, mm. love um, is not rude. It, it doesn't seek its own. It keeps no record of wrongs, and um, love never fails." And so that's the kind of love. That's at the foundation of bib- biblical morality. Now, if we just think about that, that would shape a lot of how we ought to understand relationships. And so that's why God, um, uh, which leads me to the, um, I guess, my uh, uh, one other foundational point here, and then I'll, I'll share some, some principles uh, mm. in our remaining time. But the final foundational point for now is that um, according to the Bible, Certain relationships are condoned and others are forbidden. Yes. Now, that, 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 that would then follow. That's why the ones that the Bible uh, says uh, for intimate relations are the ones that are within the uh, a committed marriage relationship. Um, we, we read about it in the beginning there in Genesis 2, uh, but it's referred to again in Matthew 19. Jesus, uh, Jesus is referring to that in Matthew 19. He says, haven't you read? This is verse 4. Haven't you already replied that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? Okay, so even there we, we're getting a definition of what uh, a true marital relationship involves, male and female, and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Verse 6, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. What we find here is, according to the Bible, that's the kind of relationship where the most intimate 
uh, sexuality is to occur. Whereas the Bible then looks at uh, refers to other relationships outside of that as as not appropriate. Um, if we come over to, um, for example, First Corinthians uh, in chapter six and um, and 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 verse nine, it says this: Do you not know that? Uh, wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, or drunkards, nor slanderers will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, in verse eighteen, it says, "Flee from sexual immorality." And then um, I want to take us to Ephesians five and verse three, where again it it repeats. It says, "But among you there must not be even a hint." Of sexual immorality. Mm. God designed that the most intimate physical relationship is to be reserved for a committed married relationship. And Nick, I hope you can see it now, see why. Because of the fact that sex creates this bond, a union, it's to be reserved for the committed relationship of marriage. All right. All right. And because of the depth of love that the Bible talks about, it's not appropriate for sharing that with whoever. That's why it, it says uh, there mustn't be sexual immorality. All right, which which essentially refers to expressing sexual intimacy outside of the confines of marriage. All right, we shared some some foundations here. We we are going to to go through some principles also, but I'd like to take a short break here if I can. Um, and just before I play a song, I would like to um, give away a book uh, for our listeners. And um, if you like again to send us a text on zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, you can have this book for free. Steps to Christ. It's a wonderful little uh, book which uh, will uh, will teach you a lot about our Creator, our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, as we understand Jesus more, we'll understand how to live our lives also. That's the book we give away. But right now, a song with Alison Krauss, I Know Who Hold Holds Tomorrow. We'll be back in a moment. This is Faith FM Drive Time. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't. Do 
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is uh, Joseph uh, Maticic. And uh, we are talking about uh, our main question for today, Joseph, is what are the foundational pillars of uh, biblical morality? Now, just before the break, we we talk about some foundations mm-hmm. in the Bible. Uh, where you are going now to just... Um, bring to our attention some principles yes. are you yeah yeah and nick um yeah i just wanted to i guess sort of um pull this together for us if i can as we've looked at this whole idea of um biblical morality um and uh, and what it what it means for us um and uh, hopefully this will really just help our listeners understand what we've been what we've been trying to con- convey um there are six principles for biblical morality that um, uh, we find in um, a particular passage based in First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, verses three to eight. Let me just read it. It says, "It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God." And in this matter, no one should be wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. There are six things uh, from this passage, Nick. Um, Six principles. Principle number one is commitment. Mm. Commitment. Uh, at the beginning there it, it, of this passage, it says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified and avoid sexual immorality. Our morality our sexual and our sexuality is to be seen in the context of our relationship with God. It says here that our morals are to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Biblical morality is not based on fear of unwanted pregnancy or diseases or lack of fun. It is based on God's will. Principle number one, commitment. Okay. Commitment to to God. Principle number two, control. In verse uh, four, it says, each of you should learn to control your body. Uh, We are to learn to control our bodies in ways that are honorable to him. Now, this is directly irrelevant to sexual behavior because uh, sexual behavior is progressive and um, sensuality and uh, intimacy leads one to another. But just because it it may feel good and want us to keep going further in in, uh, in, in some some sort of intimacy, the Bible actually says that it should be uh, control. We have to control our bodies. Principle number three is contrast. Contrast. Verse 5, it says uh, that we are to control our bodies in a way that is holy and honorable and not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. We are not to copy, the pagan says. That's unbelievers, the, the world. That's our society around us. Think about what our media, movies portray for morality. Society, society sorry, doesn't see any reason for why one should not indulge their, their desires or their passions, but we are not to copy that. No. Contrast. No. If you contrast, you know the saying: "It feels good, do it, do yeah. it." No, here it says, "Yeah." So commitment. Our morality is based on a commitment to the Lord Jesus. Two, control of our bodies. Three, contrast to how society lives. Four is consideration. 
consideration. Uh, here it says um, in verse 6, uh, in, in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister. So the Bible points out that if we're serious about following God, we will ensure that our relationships do not hurt or force other people, do not take advantage of other people. Principle number five, consequences. Uh, it says here that, um, that that there will be consequences. The Lord will punish all those, verse 6, who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. There are always consequences to our actions, including our sexuality. And the sixth and final principle, capability. Verse 7 and 8 talks about the fact that God has called us, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And then it says here that um, it is God who gives us his Holy Spirit uh, to do this. And so what that means is in and of ourselves, we may not really be capable. Well, we, we aren't capable to do this and to live this way, Nick. And that's why we need uh, we need the Holy Spirit. Mm. So finally, God created us as human beings, holistic beings, physical Social, mental, emotional, spiritual. He created all of that. And he designed us to, to love and to express intimacy, but within a particular context because it's a, it's, a, it's a permanent bond. And that context is within a marital relationship. And God created it. it it's for our good. And we are to ensure that it is, it is reserved within that particular relationship. God, God and his word is the basis of our morality. And it is he and his word is the basis because he knows what's best for us. Oh, that's that's very nice. And I like those uh, six capital C's. Yes, there you know, uh, commitment, uh, control, contrast, consideration, consequences, cap- capability, capability, capability. Yep. Uh, Joseph, mm. uh, our time is up for today. But thank you so much for sharing with us on this very important uh, topic, which we are going to look into a little bit more during the week. Yes. Um, and um, please, uh, I'm, I'm addressing our listener now, don't miss any of those uh, programs because uh, uh, yeah, y- the next one actually is um, uh, called uh, What is the Biblical Role of Family? Mm. You know, and then... Uh, is the biblical morality out of date? Mm. We are going to look into that uh, also a bit later on. Sh- sexual, we talk about uh, sexual uh, um, blessings, you know, because God created us as sexual beings. Yeah. Uh, sexual sin can be forgiven. A very interesting one also. But just uh, before we finish, um, uh, Joseph, would you like to just have a word of prayer uh, for us and our yeah. listener? Let's do that, Nick. Let's pray together. Dear God, we want to thank you that you're a God who created us as holistic beings, uh, that you made us to be able to love and be loved and express that. Um, And um, we also want to thank you that uh, you have outlined for us in your word how you want that to be expressed, within what kind of relationships um, ultimately that's to take place. And uh, Lord... uh, you, you share that not because you are a God who is uh, against fun or pleasure, uh, quite the contrary. It's because you know what is best for us and within what kind of a context it is best for us. And so I want to pray for each of our listeners, Lord, um, yeah, wherever they may be at and whatever uh, situations they may find themselves in, 
Um, and perhaps if someone's being challenged a little bit by the biblical picture of morality, we just want to thank you, Lord, though, that you, no matter who, what we may have done or, or um, been involved in, um, that um, you are the one that gives us all an opportunity for a fresh start in you. So please bless us, Lord, as we continue uh, here on Drive Time this coming week, uh, exploring uh, this very sensitive topic, yet important it is. And please bless us to the end, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you for joining Nikrita and Joseph Maticic on Drive Time BQ&A. Please come back with us again when uh, Pastor Gary Hodgkin and Eric, uh, they will deal, as I said, with what is the biblical role of family. Until then, may God richly bless you. And I'll leave you with this uh, beautiful song, Fear Thou Not. Fear Thou Not. Right.